Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Paul Gann. For the next hour and a half, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing that with all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646-727-3070, 646-727-3070. Hit us up on Twitter, at GoForItGann, G-O-F-O-R-I-T-G-A-N-T. Great show lined up for you today. Expected to be joined by one of the stars of BT's hit series, The Game, Jay Ellis. We're going to get Jay's take on the NBA Finals. We're going to ask Jay about his love life as well. And I'll also ask him about the final season of The Game. This is it. This is the last season of BT's hit series, The Game. Also, Sean Bullard will be joining us. Match made in heaven, Sean Bullard. I know he found love on that show. We'll see if the love is still going. We'll see if they're still together. We'll see, we'll see if things are still working out. So we're going to talk to Sean Bullard. Also, my man, Marlon Gill, will be joining us, Ryder, University Assistant Basketball Coach, talking all things NBA Finals. And last night, I mean, what a game we saw last night. Well, not really a game we saw last night. I mean, it was kind of a bad game. But the games before that were pretty good. But last night was a blowout. I mean, you just saw Golden State. They made the adjustment. Uh, they sat down. Andrew Bogut, they brought in Andre Iguodala. They dusted off David Lee, who was dusted off in game three, dusted him off some more and put him in game four. And and now, you know, Golden State looks like the team that's in prime position to win these NBA finals. LeBron was all struggling with uh, energy-wise, health-wise. I mean, not not health-wise per se, but he was struggling. He didn't have it. Della Vadova, struggling. He didn't have it. I mean, those guys are dead, dog, tired. And you look at the Cavaliers, and you got players now in that locker room, the bench players, Sean Marion, uh, according to reports, talking about he want to play, he want to look. And, I mean, I, I, you know, maybe Cleveland should go to the bench more. Maybe they shouldn't. But at the, at the end of the day, is Sean Marion really going to make much of a difference? I mean, you know, I know Sean, you know, is his final season. I know he's won a title. I know he's the Matrix. But how much does Sean Marion have left, and how much could Sean Marion actually give you? I mean, come on, Sean. Quiet. Just be quiet. I mean, and hey, maybe Sean Marion, maybe Mike Miller can come off and give him some quality minutes. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. But there's a reason Cleveland is only playing seven players. There's a reason. So... You know whether uh, they, they want to to uh, whether they want Mike Miller to play, whether they want you know whether Sean Marion wants to play, whether any of those dudes want to play. I mean, the reality is, how much do those guys, how much could those guys give you? I, I mean, what what exactly can those guys actually bring to the table? I mean, I'm not sure much. But anyway, LeBron James, I mean, before that, he was on 
an historic play, pace, playing historic basketball, doing all different types of things. LeBron James became Allen Iverson. 2001 Sixers are now the 2015 Cavaliers. I mean, that, this is the reality of the situation. LeBron James has to shoot 30 times, 30-plus times. He was, uh, he was at, he's averaging 35 shots a game in those first three. He's got to shoot it 30-plus times. But he was so beat down. He was so tired that he couldn't get the ball. He couldn't get the 30 shots last night. He just didn't have it. He just didn't have it. And that's the bottom line. LeBron James did not have it last night. Energy sat low. He just didn't have it. Cleveland just didn't have it. And Golden State, what a move by uh, uh, Steve Kerr. Made the move. Bogut to the bench. Iguodala to the starting lineup. Iguodala responds with 22 big points. And Andre Iguodala's been playing pretty good in this series. I mean, and he makes LeBron James work. He's not going to stop LeBron James. But the key is you got to make him work. And he made him work last night. And he's been making him work throughout the course of this series. He made him work. And LeBron struggled, 7 for 22. He just didn't have his legs. You know, you saw it on some of those free throws that were coming up short. He didn't have his legs. 5 for 10 from the free throw line. He talked about it. He was gassed. The Golden State Warriors, and, and you remember Steve Kerr during that timeout. Steve Kerr was, was you know, he said, you know, this team is going to run out of gas. You know, you got to weather the storm, but they're going to run out of gas. And he's right. Delavadova who had an IV after game three, ran out of gas. They ran out of gas. And now two of the final three games are in the Bay Area, in go at Golden State, at Oracle. Two of the final three in Oracle. So if the Cavaliers want to win, they got to want to win this uh, series. They got to steal one at Oracle. Do another one. And LeBron James has to, he's got to get his energy. Dova has to get his energy. And here's the beauty of what, you know, the move that Steve Kerr made. What, what ended up happening is you've got guys who are not accustomed to doing some things, you know, Mozgov posting up and running the offense through Mozgov or, or uh, uh, Thompson, Tristan Thompson posting up, running the offense through Tristan Thompson. I mean, these are guys who are not used to being, I mean, they don't really have big-time back-to-the-basket game. That's that's not their game, per se. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not big-time in the post. You know, they're not not DeMarcus Cousins. They're not Marcus All. So, you know, and by you running the offense through those guys, it takes the ball out of the hands of LeBron James, the guy who facilitates the guy who's either going to score or make a decent pass for you and, and put somebody in position to score. The offense went through those two boys, Thompson and Mozgov, and then going through Thompson and Mozgov, it took them out of a rhythm, took the offense out of a rhythm, and you know it, it took the ball out of the hands of LeBron James. And again, just just the way he looked, I, I didn't think LeBron could. He put up 22 shots last night. 
he didn't have enough. I mean, it takes energy. It takes a lot of energy to get up 30 shots. He didn't have enough to get up 30 shots last night. And I said he needs 30 shots or more. 30 plus shots or more. 30 or more. I mean, 40, 50. He needs the shots. But he was he was he was lagging. He was struggling. And, and I don't know now moving forward what's what's next for Cleveland. Um, obviously, you're a team who Golden State's a better basketball team from top to bottom. But now Cleveland has to, to figure out what they can do moving forward to adjust to the adjustment made by Steve Kerr. One thing for sure, it's going to be very difficult for them to win, if J, especially you know if J.R. Smith is 0 for, what, 2 for 12, 0 for 8 from three-point range. And that's the thing with J.R. Smith. He can get hot. He get real hot, piping hot, and then he can get ice cold. And he was ice cold last night. And that's the tough thing when you're relying on J.R. Smith. That's a tough situation when J.R. Smith is your second best player at this point in time, your second best offensive player. That's difficult. Let's bring in a guy now who we're, we're going to talk some more NBA finals with this man. I mean, he's been, he's been with us throughout the course of these playoffs, throughout the course of these NBA finals, these fun NBA finals. And last night Golden State came out and Steve Kerr made a great move. They sent a message. You have to say at this point, advantage Golden State. We'll see what this man thinks. Let's bring him in now. Ryder University, Ryder University, excuse me, assistant basketball coach, Marlon Gill. Hey, Paul, how you doing? How are you? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. Thanks for joining us. No, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Last night, Marlon, we saw a, a cat. Well, let's start with Steve Kerr. He made the move, uh, changed the lineup, brought in Iguodala, sat down Andrew Bogut. Tell us about that move and tell us what you saw. What did that move do for the Golden State Warriors? Well, I, I look at that move, and I think that move should have been done from game one in the Memphis Grizzlies series. Uh, everybody knows my take on Andrew Bogut. I'm, I'm not a big fan. I just think he slows things down for the Warriors uh, and, and it's just very robotic that, you know, they they aren't able to get up and down the floor and, and get those threes off quickly like they like to do when he's in the game. Uh, and I thought with Iguodala in the game last night early, uh, you know, it, it spread the floor out a little bit to a point where Cleveland had to adjust now, you know, uh, with Mozgov and Thompson. You know, yeah, Thompson can guard some of those guards in switching situations, but for Moskov, that, that's a tough cover, whether it was uh, Draymond Green or, or now with Steve Dollar, It's harder for him to defend those guys. And, uh, you know, credit to the Warriors. You know, they had to do something. And, uh, you know, Steve Kirk, tip my cap to him, uh, came with a uh, good game plan last night. Let me ask you this. Is, in your mind, is there anything that the Cavaliers can do to to com, you know to combat this lineup that the Golden State Warriors are running with right now, is there anything they can do? Yeah, I, I think just have to play at, at their pace and, and their game, which is just slow the ball down, uh, don't turn it into an up and down track meet. Because I think what we saw last night after you know the first three games, I, I think we saw a tired Cavalier team last night, 
and uh, you, you know, I, I think trying to play at their pace, uh, at the Warriors' pace, caught up to the, to the Cavaliers last night. I mean, you look at game one and game two, uh, I think I might have told you this on, on the show uh, earlier in the week. You, you look at there were times in the Golden State, uh, at Golden State, excuse me, where the Cavs were looking to push the ball, and it would just be LeBron that was uh, across half court, and the rest of those guys were trying to catch their breath. And, you know, then the Cavs were slowly getting to their offense. I think that finally caught up to the Cavs last night. And, you know, they got to go back into their style of play, which is slowing the ball down, grinding it out. And it's got to be a 84 to 94 kind of game. If the game gets in the hundreds, that fits Golden State style more. Now, let me ask you this. Now, uh, you look at it now, and, and obviously Cleveland has to make some sort of adjustment. Do you sit down Miles' cough? I mean, is that the way you go? Because, like you said, Tristan Thompson is able to guard a perimeter player a lot better than Mozgov can. I mean, and and I think if you do sit down Mozgov, you lose a little bit of offense. So what what do they do? I mean, do you dust off a Sean Marion? Uh, do you dust off a Mike Miller? I mean, uh, what do you do if you're the Cavaliers? What, do you make a lineup change or do you stay big? Uh, you know what? Well, I'll say this. I, I don't think you dust off a Sean Marion, and uh, you definitely don't dust off Mike Miller, after his dive in game three, I thought he was dead. So I, I don't think you cut those guys off. You keep them right where they are. And, uh, you know, you make Golden State play your game. I think the way Mozgov's playing, it's too good to sit him. Uh, you know, every game has been a career-high game for him as the series has gone on. And uh, to be honest, Golden State doesn't have an answer for him. You know, everybody talks about LeBron being unstoppable and, and things like that, but Mozgov has played well this whole series. So how do you sit him? Right. I mean, it, it, I mean, I, I don't. They have to adjust somewhere. I mean, do you take Thompson out? No, no, you, you don't take Thompson out. But I, I would say this: I, I think uh, early on on Sunday, if J.R. Smith or Shumpert, even one of those guys aren't playing well, you got to sit one and roll with the other. Uh, you, you, you know, and, and the part that's bad about that is neither one of them helps you on the defensive end. So if if they're not scoring, you know, what are they really doing for you? And that, that's where I think you see the uh, importance of having a Kyrie out, a, a Kevin Love out, uh, catching up to the Cavaliers a little bit. But, you know, let's, let's be honest here. Uh, Cleveland could easily be up three to one right now, uh, you, you know, and, and we're probably not even having these conversations. So, you know, and I, I know everybody's a little up in arms today about uh, the series being over. Uh, Cleveland's been exploited. Let's let's slow down. Let's slow down. There's still a lot more basketball to be left and uh, left to play, and, and you know, LeBron will figure it out. We're talking to Rider University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. What did you see out of LeBron James last night? I, I saw a tired player. I saw a guy who shot seven for twenty-two, and I saw and I said throughout the course of the series that he needs thirty-plus shots for the Cavaliers to have a chance. I don't think he had the energy to put up thirty shots last night. What did you see out of LeBron last night? No, I, I did see fatigue, but you know, you, you talk about the seven for twenty-two. Uh, last night, that, that's about 30, 30%, in that 30, 33% range. 
that's what LeBron has shot on jumpers his entire career. So, you know, let, let's not look at that and say, all right, he's tired, he, he's this, he's that. That 30 to 33% is exactly the percentage that he shot for his entire career. Now, is he tired? Well, I'll pose this to you. Wouldn't you be tired if you had three straight triple doubles? You know, at, at some point, you know, the man's human. Uh, and, and right. you know, I, I thought the the spill last night into the cameraman probably took a little bit out of him because you, you saw that he missed some key free throws in the second half that, uh, you know, could have cut the Warriors lead to two at one point. Uh, another time could have cut it to four. And, and, you know, he didn't come up at the free throw line. But, you know, hey, he has every right to, to be tired. You know, this, this man has gone pretty much – uh, 12 months straight for the past five years. At, at what point is there a, a breaking point? And, uh, you know, I'm sure he won't admit it because the competitive nature in him won't admit it, but he, he's tired. And it's like, hey, if I can get through these next three games, I can rest come July 1st. And uh, as a competitor, that's how we always think. You know, we look at the end date of everything. And if we can figure that out, we'll get through it. And I think he'll get through it. So you, you think he has two to three good games left in him? Oh, no, I definitely do. Uh, you know, with there being such a gap in between games from Thursday, the next game isn't until Sunday, uh, you know, it gives him two days to rest up, uh, get in one of those uh, ventilation chambers and, and, you know, get back to being Superman again. And I, I think Sunday – you know, we'll see a uh, a different LeBron, and you might even see a different Cavs team, man. You know, on the road, you know, when it's just those 12 guys and the coaching staff, you know, guys figure it out and come together. And we'll see. I mean, obviously, you know, that rest, you got to say, definitely helps. I mean, it helps both teams, obviously, but it has to favor, you know, the Cavaliers more because, well, it helps both teams, but the Cavaliers need them more right now at this point in time. You think this series is going to go seven, as you said last week? You still feel like that's the case? I, I hope it goes seven because, uh, Lord knows, I hate baseball. So I, I need something to watch uh, for another week, week and a half. And then, uh, you know, I look forward to the NBA draft. But, you know, for the basketball fan, what else could you ask for? Uh, you have three three games that have all been close. You know, game four was a little bit of a blowout and got out of hand. But it's two uh, – compatible teams as far as talent, uh, you know, just with LeBron being who he is, uh, you know, it's great for ratings. And, you know, we're we're watching, you know, Steph Curry try to figure things out. And I'll even say this. I I think uh, I would probably give the edge to Golden State if Klay Thompson stepped up. You know, he had the outbursts out there in in, uh, game two, but, he hasn't really done anything this series either. So, you know, that's another reason why I think it'll go seven. Uh, the lights are a little brighter in the finals, and I think uh, Steph Curry figured that out after all that Delavadova talk. You know, the past uh, game and a quarter, you know, he's been pretty good, but you still need Clay Thompson to step up. And if Clay Thompson steps up, maybe the series goes shorter, but I still think it'll go to a game seven. And it's amazing. You talked about Dalla Vadova. 
I mean, I don't think anybody ever thought that Matthew Delavadova, and you, that tells me that this, these are the last days that we're living in. Matthew Delavadova scoring 20 points in the NBA Finals game. I mean, that's, like, shocking. It, it is, but at the same time, Matthew Delavadova is a guy that has played collegiate ball at the highest level at, at St. Mary's, has played on the national stage with the Australian national team, and he's a guy that's in the NBA for a reason, you know. Uh, so I agree with what you're saying, but to a certain degree, he's one of the best players in the world. You know, if, if that right. wasn't the case, he wouldn't be playing in the NBA. For sure, for sure. We're talking to Ryder University assistant basketball coach Marlon Gill. So you think it's going to go seven? How does game? What does game five look like? Who gets who gets the W in game five? I'm going to go with uh, the Cavaliers, uh, just from the rest factor. I know Oracle is a hard place to play, but uh, like I said, sometimes when you're on the road together, and you know Cleveland knows that they're back against the wall a little bit, and uh, you know they, they let Game One slip away out there, almost let Game Two slip away. So they know that they're capable of winning on the road and. And I, I just think from the rest facts that LeBron will figure it out and get those guys ready. So you like Cleveland tomorrow? I guess if Cleveland wins, uh, not tomorrow, Sunday, if Cleveland wins, so therefore you like Golden State in game six or seven. Wow, you're putting me on the spot here. Uh. <laughs> Don't answer. <laughs> uh, I'm, just, I'm just going off your Golden State prediction in seven. I'm still going to stick with, with the Warriors in seven. Uh, my, my Cleveland guys are going to kill me for that, but uh, I'm still going to Warriors in seven. So Warriors in seven. And, I mean, that's that's probably about right. I wouldn't even be – well, I, I picked Cleveland in six, and I'm going to have to stick with that. But if I had to change, I'm going to stick with Cleveland in six. But we'll see. A lot of, a lot of great basketball to be played. And, and just one quick question. Uh, Steph Curry, you know – He's been very ordinary in this series. Do you expect him to to, to be a little better the final three games? Because, you know, he's figured it out as the series has gone on. Um, you know, like I said, you look at game three where he struggled until that fourth quarter. I think that was what he needed to really get going. And, uh, you know, you saw him last night. And I'll say this. The move that he put put on in the uh, first half, or excuse me, in the third quarter, for that uh, that hesitation, lefty hesitation, uh, don't fall for a layup. That just shows you how much respect Cleveland has for him, because right. they were closing up for him not to shoot the three. And it's a one on, it was a, a two on four actually, or a two on three, in uh, in Cleveland's favor, and somehow he still managed to get to the basket. And, and dump it off, but I also think at the same time that James Jones is my man. He didn't want no part of that. That's why he got out the way. <laughs> Sounds good, Marlon. Appreciate it, man. And as you know, we'll hope to have you back on as we close out the finals. Maybe there'll be Game Seven next Friday, or maybe it ends Game Six next Tuesday. We'll see, man. Pleasure. Enjoy your kids. Not over. No problem, Paul. Thanks for having me, man. <laughs> All right, take care. All right, bye-bye. Marlon Guild, Ryan University, assistant basketball coach. And, you know, he likes 
the Cavaliers, I'm sorry, the Warriors ultimately to win this thing in seven. That's possible. Probably will happen. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. A lot of great basketball, obviously, to be played. But, look, you know, LeBron James, he, he, he did any and everything the first three games of this series. I mean, he was absolutely positively special. You know, he's been carrying a heavy load throughout the course of these playoffs and, out the, you know, throughout the course of these NBA finals. I mean, 143 points scored through the first four games in the NBA finals, the most since Rick Barry's 122 in 1967, the most ever. I mean, the numbers are, are crazy. LeBron James, 38.3% of the Cavaliers' points in games one through four, 143 of 373 possible points that the Cavaliers have scored. LeBron has scored 143 of them. He's been absolutely ridiculous. LeBron James and the beauty of LeBron James and the greatness of LeBron James has 33 more, 33 assists. That's two more assists than the rest of the Cavaliers combined through four games. Amazing. He has scored 35. The team's 143 points in the in the fourth quarter. So out of a, out of this team's 143 points that they scored in the fourth quarter in games one through four, LeBron James has scored 35 of those 143. 24% darn near 25% a quarter of their points in the fourth quarter. I mean, this guy has been absolutely positively, uh, uh, you know, carrying a load here, and he's got a heavy load. Um, heavy load. And how long can he carry this load? The, you get the sense, and I wouldn't be surprised if Golden State comes back game five, gets the W, then they travel across cross country, and then it just you know takes care of business against the Cavaliers in game six. I wouldn't be surprised. But again, I, I, I got to stick with my pick, and my pick is the Cavaliers in six. I got to stick with it. I got to stick with it. But LeBron, and hey, it's not out of the realm of possibility that LeBron James goes out and, and you know, messes around, gets a triple-double, messes around, and, 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 you know, plays big-time basketball in those final three games. He's got the three days rest. He needs it. You know, through what, three games and five nights is a, is a tough, heavy toll on a team that's only played in seven players. Golden State. You can go deep into their bench. You know, last night, you know, Azili didn't play. Bogan only got three minutes. But they can go Livingston, Barbosa, David Lee, as we said, they dusted him off. They can go eight to nine deep easily. And this is a basketball team now, like we said, throughout the course of this series and going into the series, they are the deeper basketball team. The deeper basketball team, and it showed itself last night. Finally, you finally saw the Golden State Warriors just break this team down, meaning the Cavaliers, because they just did not have it. They just did not have it. How will they adjust? Do you stay big? And I was proposing maybe Mozgov to the bench, and maybe J.R. Smith or Mike Miller. And or do you stay big and, and see what happens early on? And maybe you can overwhelm them big. Maybe you stay big, and in staying big, you still run the offense the way you run the offense. Because, again, 
you started dumping the ball inside to to Thompson and Moskov, and those guys are lumberers, you know, and and you know they don't have the best post games out there. And so when you're in that particular situation, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle. Cause, and, and the offense, not a struggle per se, but the offense gets out of whack, out of kilter. You know, and it gets out of whack. And it was out of whack last night, early on. And Golden State jumped out on them, and, you know, they couldn't keep the pace. And here's the thing. At, at the end of that third quarter, you know, Golden State, were in control, you know, led throughout the ball game. But at the end of the third quarter, you know, they were up six. They were up six at the end of the third. And then, you know, LeBron James went to the bench. And from there, a couple shots, and Golden State was up ten. And you, it pretty much was a wrap. I mean, LeBron had to get to his rest. He was just dead dog tired. He had to get his rest, and he had to do it. But they were done. They were spent. They were spent. And LeBron had to get his rest. And in getting his rest, Golden State took over from there and ultimately put the ball game away. And Cleveland had their chance. They battled in that fourth quarter. Kept battling, kept battling, kept battling, kept battling. And they just couldn't get over that hump. And, you know, they got it within three. They got within, uh, you know, they got within two. But they couldn't get over that hump. And, you know, because they couldn't get over that hump, ultimately they they just, you know, LeBron had LeBron played that whole third quarter. And, and they just couldn't get his team over the top, and he was done. And nobody couldn't give quality minutes in that fourth quarter. They went cold. J.R. Smith went cold. The rest of the team went cold. And because they went cold, they lost the game. And now we go back to Golden State. I, I, I mean, Le, he's LeBron James, you know, and and maybe we saw he, he's been humanized on some level from the standpoint that he was just dead dog tired. But this is a guy now who's obviously. Carried this team and, and putting up big time points and, and, and doing big time things, assists, rebounds, everything. Now he has to take it to another uh, another level, if you will, or, or back not another level, but he's got to get back to that level that he was playing in the first three games. He's got to get back to that level. He's got to have that energy. And think about LeBron James, because his jump shot isn't always consistent. He he expends a lot of energy. Scoring the basketball is not as effortless as a Mello, as a Durant, as a Kobe Bryant. Because those are guys with, with good mid-range jump shots, and those are guys who, do, who who don't have to take it to the cup every time. You know, when you when you, when you're driving the basketball and, and trying to get to the cup, you're trying you're taking a lot of energy out of yourself. It's a lot easier just to shoot the jump shot. The jump shot takes less energy. But when you're trying to get to the basket and constantly and consistently drive to the basket, you know, uh, you're taking a lot of energy. That takes a lot of energy. And when you're playing 40-plus minutes a night, when, when, when you're the guy who's responsible for carrying a heavy load, the guy who's playing three or four positions, the guy who's, uh, who's the point guard, the guy who's controlling the basketball game, when, when you're doing that, 
it all catches up to you. It catches up to you. 41 minutes he played last night. 41. And throughout the course of this series, he's been averaging 48.8 minutes per game. That's a lot of minutes. A lot of minutes. Especially when you're the focal point of the offense. Especially when the ball is in your hands each and every possession. That's a lot of minutes. A lot of minutes. And the thing is, that catches up to you. Whether you're LeBron James or, or anybody else, eventually he's going to catch up to you. But he's, I mean, you know, no matter what happens, and, you know, obviously people are going to say what they're going to say, and, you know, he's not Jordan, he's not this, he's not that, and, and maybe he won't surpass Michael Jordan, maybe he will surpass Michael Jordan. But here's the bottom line. You know, no matter what happens in this series, win, lose, no matter what happens, you've got to give LeBron James the credit for what he has done. And, you know, he brought this team, a, a, a team that had no business being here, no business being here. You know, I mean, yeah, this is the Eastern Conference, so maybe they did have a business. Maybe they had, uh, you know, maybe they had some business being here. But in terms of winning two games in this series, in terms of being 2-2 after four games, and if you're 2-2 after four games, I think you'll take that. You'll take that easily. You'll, you most, if, you're, if Cleveland, if I would have told the Cavaliers that, hey, after two games, you guys would be down in this series. I mean, you guys would be tied 2-2. After two games, you guys would be 2-2. After four games, excuse me, you guys would be 2-2. You would take that. With Kyrie out, with Love out, you would most definitely take that. And, you know, LeBron's, I mean, we, we, I'm just looking at Allen Iverson's number from the 2001 NBA Finals, I mean, he put, he averaged 47 minutes a game. And you could tell that he wore down a little bit in those finals. Put an average 35 points, five boards, three assists, 40% from the field. I mean, other, I mean, obviously LeBron's still more in terms of the assists, more in terms of the rebounds. But in terms of the field goal percentage, LeBron's under 40% at this point, 38%. I mean, so, you know, he's got to play the way Allen Iverson played. He's got to. He's got to. If he doesn't, Cavaliers have no shot. They have no shot. Let's see if we can get back to that in game number five. He better. And speaking of LeBron James, I mean, he, he was fouled hard by Andrew Bogut. Not too hard. It wasn't a flagrant. He ultimately ran into the cameras, you know, cut his head up a little bit, uh, you know. And, and uh, I know Andrew Bogut said that he, he thought he flopped a little bit. And it looked like, I got to say, it looked like he, did, he, he may have flopped a little bit. It, it looked like he may have. Flopped a little bit. 
I don't know. Because sometimes when you're in the air and, you know, you, you come down, sometimes it becomes very, you're vulnerable when you're in the air. And it would be very difficult sometimes to, to hit the landing, if you will. And he didn't hit that landing very well. You know, obviously he's not going to get points because he didn't hit that landing good enough. But, I mean, that, that, that could have been a very serious situation. Thank goodness for him and thank goodness for the Cavaliers that it was only a, a couple cuts in the head. But, I, I mean, I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it. My initial thought was maybe he did flop a little bit, but then I'm going to say, you know, when you're in the air like that sometimes, it, it becomes very difficult for you to, to balance yourself and to hit the landing, if you will. LeBron James didn't hit the landing at all. Didn't hit the landing. And then you got Steve Kerr, the liar Steve Kerr who, when questioned about, you know, starting Andrew Bogut, you know, he lied. I don't blame him. You know, what are you supposed to – and he said it right. I mean, what am I supposed to tell the Cavaliers my strategy? Can't tell them the strategy, you know. And this was Iguodala's first start, Andre Iguodala's first start. And Andre Iguodala – he made LeBron work last night, and again, he's been working, making LeBron work throughout the course of these series, this series. I mean, he's made LeBron James work throughout the course of his career when they played up against each other. Andre Iguodala is a very good defender. Don't 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 get it twisted. This is a very good defensive player, long, athletic, and and a very good defensive player. He's a very good play, He's a good player. Period. You know, he's not your number one guy, which he was in Philadelphia, and. He's not a number one guy, obviously. But even in not being a number one guy, he had some success in Philadelphia. He was an all-star in Philadelphia. But now he's in the perfect role, whether it's the sixth man or, or whether it, it, he's, uh, you know, whether he's starting or it's the sixth man. He, he's, he's not the number one guy. Heck, he's not the number two guy. He's a number three, four, five guy. And, and and that's where he belongs. That's where he can be his, uh, the most effective. That's where he can make the most plays, in my opinion. And that's where he can be at his best when he is the, the fourth or fifth option on that team. I mean, there were times where, you know, they were begging and daring him to shoot last night. Daring him to shoot. And he shot it. He shot it, and he made it more often than not. And he had a lot of success last night. And, you know, one of the reasons Golden State was able to get up and down the basketball court was the ability of Andre Iguodala to get up and down the basketball court. I mean, Cleveland, they had their struggles. They had no legs. The jump shots weren't falling. I mean, that could be a byproduct. That's the byproduct of, of the depth that they have, the lack of depth that they had, and also a byproduct of them, you know, and Golden State being able to get up and down the court on them and, and make them tired, you know, just make them tired. You know, just wear them down. Wear them down. And they wore them down. And, they, and now they're in a good position. They're in a very good position. Kudos to Steve Kerr. Kudos to the Golden State organization. A lot of great basketball to be played, but they're in a good position. Right now, let's go to the NFL. Des Bryant. Now, Des Bryant, now, according to some reports, Des Bryant 
says that he might not be available and is is thinking about staying away from the Cowboys at this point in time. He's thinking about staying away. He wants a long-term deal. He wants a new deal. You know, he, he doesn't want that franchise tag. He wants a level of stability. I mean, now there's a possibility he could skip the, the opener. I don't think he does. I don't think he does. He's, he's, he's talking, but I don't think he does. And, you know, he didn't get it. His, his agent said he's not going to comment about it. His agent didn't say anything. He just says, I'm just not going to comment about that. Our goal is to get something done on a long-term basis by the deadline. So he wants something done long-term. And whether or not they'll get something done long-term, we shall see. But obviously the Cowboys need Des Bryant to be successful. But at this point, Des Bryant needs the Cowboys as well. They need each other. And here's the thing, this thing will get worked out. They'll work this thing out. I mean, the the reality is, uh, and and you can understand Dallas' level of uh, trepidation if they have such you know, for not wanting to give this man a new deal because of some of the things going on off the field when it comes to Des Bryant, some of the things that comes with Des Bryant. And maybe he's grown up, maybe he's become a better man and a better person. You know, I know at one point they were, you know, they had like a curfew for the man and, and, and everything, you know, a driver and all that other good stuff. But the thing about it is now, you know, if you're Des Bryant, you're the Cowboys, you guys got to work this out. And I think ultimately it will get worked out. And I think ultimately Des Bryant will be on the field come game one as they start the 2015 NFL season. But they got to work this out. They 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 got to work this out, and I think they will. And I think everything will be okay. Michael Sam, as we stay in the NFL, Michael Sam. At this point, he's been excused from from Montreal Alouettes game or camp, I should say. Uh, he left apparently. For personal reasons, here's the uh, quote from the organization, a statement from the organization, the Montreal Alouettes. The Montreal Alouettes organization would like to clarify the situation surrounding international defenseman Michael Sam. Friday morning, Michael asked the team a special permission to leave training camp and return home for personal reasons. The Montreal Alouettes fully respect Michael Sam's decision and rally around him to offer him all time, offer excuse me, offer him all time and support needed. The team has left the door open, and Michael's welcome to come back whenever he feels ready. And, you know, I don't know what the personal situation with Michael Sam is. I hope ultimately whatever that situation is, it will get worked out. But ultimately, Michael Sam, he's got to get on that football field. He's got to play. You know, I'm not saying I don't know anything about the personal uh, issues, and I'm not uh, downplaying those personal issues. I'm saying ultimately – I think it would be in his best interest if he could work out those personal injuries and uh, personal issues to get him on the football field so he can show teams exactly what he can do and what he brings to the table. I mean, like I said before, when it comes to um, when it comes to uh, Michael Sam, I mean, you know, he came to the the, re- the uh, veterans combine and the time that he ran was lower than the time he had a year ago, the forty time. So these are the things, you know, those things, and you know, there was talk that he wasn't really necessarily in the best of shape and. He wasn't the hardest of workers. When you, you know, the thing is, when it comes to Michael Sam, and when it comes to wanting to prove the doubters and the naysayers wrong, and show everybody that you are a legitimate NFL player. Well, in order to show people that you're a legitimate NFL player, 
you got to do things. You got to increase. You know, you got to uh, uh, lower your forty times. You got to do things to to uh, to warrant another opportunity in this league. I think if the cow the Cowboys had him on this roster, and I think if they thought he could play, he would still be on that roster. They brought him in on, as a, on a practice squad, and the Cowboys needed defensive help. So if they, I think if they felt like he could help the football team, they would have put him on the football team. Would have put him on the football field. But to me, and again, I hope that whatever personal problems, personal issues that he may have, or, you know, these are personal reasons. So whatever those personal reasons are, I hope that those personal reasons can can get, you know, taken care of and that he can get an opportunity to prove that he can play in the National Football League. Well, first prove that he can get it done in Canada with the hope that he can uh, get it done in the National Football League. That's what you wish for the man. I mean, I wish Michael saying nothing but the best. But we'll see if that's going to be possible. We'll see if that's going to be the case. But, you know, many have had success in Canada, and that success in Canada gave them an opportunity in the National Football League. We'll see if that will be the case. We'll see if that will be the case for um, Michael Sand. We'll see if that will be the case for him. But obviously... Again, in order for him to prove that he can play on the National Football League and be a fixture in the National Football League, he's got to prove it in Canada. But, I mean, I'm interested to see if he can play. I'm interested, I'm interested to see if he can get it done. I'm, I'm truly interested to see if he can get it done. Because, you know, this, this is his opportunity. So if he gets it done, you know, he can prove and ultimately maybe give himself another opportunity. St. Louis, that was a difficult opportunity for him because of what they had on the defensive line. And I think everybody knew that going into the situation. And, and maybe, you know, Jeff Fisher and that organization decided, hey, let's let's take a chance here, seventh-rounder. You know, we can cut him if he doesn't make it, but it makes us look good as an organization and ultimately made the NFL look good as well. I mean, and and – Everybody everybody looked good in that situation. And the Rams didn't look bad for cutting Michael Sam because they were a team that had a lot of defensive line depth. They were a team that was loaded on their front, you know, with their front four, and they didn't necessarily need that per se. They didn't need what Michael Sam brings to the table. They didn't need it. They did not need it. But when we come back, we're going to be joined by one of the stars of BT series, The Game Jay Ellis, you're listening to Go Forward and Block Talk Radio. Okay. Hey, what up? It's Corey Almeida, a.k.a. Corey Live, host of Picturica on the Hub and warm-up host for American Idol and Dancing with the Stars. And right now, you are listening to Go For It on Blog Talk Radio with my man, Paulie G and Jeremy. Get it! Thank you, sir. You got it, brother. Have a go, man. We're back. Go for blogtalkradio.com. Flash P. Gan, Paul Gan here, holding it down. We're going to bring in a guy now doing big things with BET's hit series, The Game. Let's bring him in now, one of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game, the one, the only, Jay Ellis. Jay, how are you, man? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me, brother. It's always good to be here. I'm glad to be back. For sure, for sure. Always good times with Jay Ellis. Jay, 
final season, man. It's upon us, final season of the game. This is your fourth season on the show. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts, man? What was your thoughts when you heard the news that the game was done? You know, it's it's uh, it's it's, all, it's a mixed bag, right? You're a bit uh, sad. You know what I mean? It's, it's a bittersweet thing. You know, it's, it's a bit like, oh, man, like, you know, get, having a job and having a job that people respond to and getting to work with these people every single week, writers and this crew and the cast, you know, getting to work with those guys every week, you know, you start to count the days, you know, it's coming down to an end. So that part's always sad. But the exciting part about it is, you know, after you get through that gray, that, that little gray period, the, the exciting part about it is, is you actually get to finish. You know, so it's a bit of a relief because most shows don't get the opportunity to actually have an ending. You know, they find out they're not coming back in May and they just never see each other again. You know, after they've already shot and they just find out then. But we got the opportunity to know and, you know, have it just be in the moment. Every single time that we were together, we got the opportunity to, you know, just, just live it out and be in the moment and not be afraid and not think that we have to do it this way or that way to make the show come back, you know. Uh, so, so that was a bit of a, a free, a bit of freedom too. Now, have, I know you guys shot the season already. Have you been in touch with your fellow castmates? Always, always, always. We, uh, we all. It's interesting. We all revolve. Everybody's doing. You know, you're always in and out. And you talk to one a little bit more than the other. And, uh, we all have things going. We're all LA based. Brandy's in New York right now doing, uh, doing Chicago. So she's been, she's been gone. She's been the busiest of all of us for sure, or away from us. Uh, but we always, we always, you know, text and, yo, that was a good, yo, that scene was good. Like, you crushed that. You know what I mean? Things, especially when the right. show's on, we always send each other stuff like that. So, yeah. Who would you say you had the closest relationship with? I don't I, Everybody, man. I mean, you know, it's, okay. I think what you realize in a cast like that, and I think it's part of the reason that, that the six of us, seven, when you add Brittany coming back, you, you know, I think it's part of the reason that we all mesh so well together is we all bring something completely different. And I think, you know, we all get something out of our friendships that are, are slightly different than what we get from the other person. So, you know, I, I feel like I go to Wendy, you know, for career advice. I feel like mm-hmm. I go to Kobe for life advice. You know, I feel like I go to Hosea to grab a beer, you know what I'm saying, and just, like, <laughs> chill or go out, you know what I mean? I go to Lauren for girl advice. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's like literally everybody has a little bit of a different thing, you know, so... So you find yourself, you know, I don't know that I'm any closer to one person than the other. You know, I think that Lauren and I have a bond of coming in together and being new together. That right. definitely probably connects us more than, than you know, the guys who have been there from day one together. But, uh, you know, still, you, you just you form these amazing bonds with people when you work with them 13 hours a day for four years. For sure. We're talking to one of the stars of BT's hit series, The Game, Jay Allison. Jay? Your character Blue having some girl drama with Kira, who play who was played by Lauren London, having some girl drama, having some drama with Malik. Talk about your character in the fourth season. You know, uh, I think what we're getting to see in this final season is becoming the man that we thought he was going to be. You know, he's now becoming the blueprint. He's actually making the decisions. And what we're going to see is he's going to make the decisions that are. Um, most important to his career. You know, he's not, he, he's been a little bit, you know, he's, he's not been focused. You know, he's been running around partying and being with a celebrity girl and, you know, trying to be in the hot spot and be in the light. And I think right now what we're going to see is this guy grow up. 
you know, and I, and, and okay. this whole thing with Kira and Malik is definitely the tipping point. It's definitely the thing where he steps back and says, yo, I need to change my life. For sure. For sure. I mean, I think that would change anybody's life. I mean, that was, that was a tough situation. Let me ask you this. What if what if you had a girl who did what Kira did to you? Would it, would it have been over? Would it have been over? Would you have let her go? You know, somebody asked me this, asked me this the other day. I, I, I definitely, I would have, I, I would have let her go. I, you know, I think the issue with Blue and Malik, I mean, uh, Blue and Kira is too. Is, you know, it's been rocky from day one. It's never been smooth, you know. And even when it was smooth, there was still always some underlying issues. There were still some things that weren't confronted, weren't talked about. And so, you know, she wasn't happy because she wasn't focused on her career, and he was not focused on his career because he was focused on her. And so. I think ultimately when you look and you see an incident like that happen and then you look back over what the relationship has been, you start to realize, like, you know what, this isn't the right fit. Like, I'm, we're, we're both putting energy into something that's not working, so we need to move on. And and sure. and from an, e- from an ego perspective, Blue for sure is walking. Not even a question. I mean, from an ego perspective, I would think Jay would have to walk too. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm a selfish dude. Like when it comes to my girl, like I don't, I don't even like people looking. Like I don't, you know. I, I, so, so for me, I definitely would have had an issue. I, I, you know, it's funny. Somebody asked me the other day what I've asked for the ring back, and I was like, nah, yeah. And then I started to think about, it, and I was like, yeah, I would ask for that ring back. Why am I lying? For sure, for sure, as yeah. you should. You bought yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. We're talking. We're talking to one of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game. Jay Ellison, how's it going to end, man? I mean, obviously you can't tell me how's it going to end, but is it going to be shocking? Is it going to be something crazy, something surprising? How's it going to end? There's a couple twists. Uh, there, there are a couple twists. I think every single one of these characters, uh, uh, you know, uh, Tasha Mack and Kelly and Chardonnay, Jason, Malik, Kira, all of them, they literally all go through something. And we, we're, what we're seeing is Blue and Kira and Malik's happening right now. But they all go through something that is going to shift them. Like literally, it's almost like a paradigm shift in the way that each of them thinks and reacts. And what you see is, uh, you see growth, you know, for every single character, but there's going to be a few more, you know, I don't know. I don't think people saw the elevator, the elevator fight coming with Blue and Malik. You know what I mean? I don't think people saw Blue really asking for the ring back, you know? So I think, what you're going to see with, with with all these characters is they're all going to make decisions to be put in situations. Some of them are shocking. Some of them are like, whoa, where did that come from? Uh, and some of them are like, okay, I can see that. That makes sense, you know, and, okay. and then you see them all adjust. Anybody die? Nah, nobody dies, man. Nobody oh, dies. Oh, oh. I mean, okay. if they do, it, 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 I mean, you know, I mean, you, you, I, it, nah, nobody dies. Nobody dies. Everybody, everybody comes through at the end. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, let me ask you this now. We're going to go to the NBA Finals. I know you're a Lakers guy. Before we get to the NBA Finals, your Lakers have the second pick in the NBA draft. It's either going to be Towns or probably Okafor. Are, are you, who do you want? Do you have a particular person you want? Do you want Towns, you want Okafor, or even D'Angelo Russell? I don't know. I mean, I, I'll go over, to be honest with you. Um, okay. I think that I think that he'll bring something because you know we're, we're obviously I mean it's, there's a change in the guard that's happening, you know what I mean? And 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 this is the year that it's going to happen. Obviously, you know Kobe has said he's not coming back, and 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 this is what it is. So so I I feel like he will be a really good fit for that team going forward. And, and when you think you know three four five years down the line. Okay. 
All right. So when do you expect the Lakers to get good again? When do I expect them to get good again, man? Next year, this season. Okay, next year. All right. All right. We, we ain't got no. We ain't got no choice, man. We, this is Mamba's okay, last year. year. We got to get it right. For sure, for sure. So next year, I mean, nah, but it wouldn't be surprising. Wouldn't be surprising. It, it would. It wouldn't be, man. I mean, it's happened before. I mean, we've definitely seen it happen before. Where, you know, franchises have literally turned around in a season. We're watching it right now. Uh, right. <laughs> although, although Cleveland is pretty stacked, but. You know, we're, we're we're watching it. We're watching it happen right now. You know, uh, you know, teams have turned around in a season before with a pick, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully that'll happen with the Lake Show. LeBron Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors. It, it's been a great NBA Finals, a fun NBA Finals. How do you see it moving forward? Who wins it? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it goes to seven for sure. Seven? Okay. I definitely think it goes to seven. I think it goes to seven. I, I, I don't know. I, and I think it goes to seven, and we're talking about a buzzer beater. I think we're talking about a last-second shot for whoever wins the finals this year. That's epic. I, I, I That's re- epic. I really, really do. Like, I, and I, I hope that. But I think, you know, I think, I think, uh, I think Golden State's going to turn it on tonight. You know what I mean? I think they're going to even it up tonight. And then, we're, uh, and then obviously, you know, they come back to, uh, they come back to Golden State for, uh, for game five. So, you know, I think it's going to end up being going back and forth for, for what's left. And I think we're going to end up, like, down to the wire. You know, one of those, you know, that, that last minute, that last for 15 minutes, lasts for 20 minutes because it's a foul and a free throw and a foul and a free throw and a last-second shot to win the game. That would, that would be ridiculous if that happened. That would be, that would be great. I mean, yeah, a man. walk-off, you know, last-second shot to win the NBA Finals, man, that would be memorable. I'll tell you what, oh, whoever hit Whoever hits it is going down in history. History, like everybody will remember that shot. So nobody LeBron will, wins it. Even if, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just saying that you know nobody will ever forget that person's name. Whoever hits that shot. Okay. So if LeBron gets this championship, is he the goat? If he, I mean, he's definitely in the conversation. Uh, definitely so. in the conversation. I mean. Yeah. You know, especially with the losses they just took. You know what I mean? With with, with him playing without, you know, you know his 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 two strongest, you know, support players. And I don't even call them support players because anywhere else, you know, they they're they're leading their teams. So, you know, if he pulls this off, he's. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely <laughs> one of the most epic. I, I don't. I'm. I, you know, it's one of the most epic things that I. You know, that we probably gotten to see happen if he's able to pull it off. You know what I mean? And I think if he pulls it off, I think then, like you said, I think the conversation starts about GOAT, goat status. I think yeah. we have to start yeah. the conversation. I don't think you can start it now, but I think if he pulls it off, I think we can start. The, we have to start the conversation. But it should, it should be fun, man. It's been a lot of fun so far, and it should be fun moving forward. We're talking to one of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game, Jay Allison. Jay, what's up next for you, man? Brother, I'm out here uh, uh, hitting these streets, man. You know, creating some stuff. Uh, I got some stuff that, that I'm developing. Uh, got a movie that I'm uh, producing that we're doing uh, later this year, I believe. Uh, and then something else that I'm starting in July for a few weeks. So, you know, I'm just just out here trying to pick good stuff, you know, and do stuff okay. that people wouldn't expect of me, um, and show a completely different light than what than what you know I've gotten to do with Blue. You know, Blue has been a lot of fun. And playing him has been interesting, and there's so many different levels to who he is, and 
you know, getting to tap into what the world of a $20 million a year athlete is like, <laughs> who's, you know, you know what I mean? Like that has been such an amazing experience, you know, and now I want right. to go and have that with another character, with a, you know, a couple other characters and tell some really great stories. And it's a really great time to, you know, to kind of to be out there and, and, and uh, you know, I don't want to say fill them offers, but, you know, being out there and just being in the world and seeing what's out right. there, you know, and, and and that's kind of what's happening right now. So I'm, I'm excited about the future, man. How much have you evolved as an actor? You feel like you're a better actor, you know, from the beginning of the game till now. How much better are you? Oh man, probably none. Who knows? You know, I'm I'm uh I'm my own worst critic, man. I watch stuff sometimes. I'm like, man, why did I do that? Like, damn. Right. But then you know, I watch things and I go, okay, okay, I see it. That was good. That was okay. I can see him making some choices there. You know, um, I think that my preparation has changed quite a bit. Um, uh, my my and that and that had a lot to do with our schedule. You know, I didn't know before that I could ever actually execute eight, nine, ten pages a day, uh, you know, because it takes about an hour to shoot a page, and then you got setups, and then you got lunch. So, you know, you're talking about a 10, 12-hour day. I don't know that I knew before this, I don't know that I knew I could execute that. Um, and okay. now I feel very confident about that, you know what I mean? So I think my prep has changed quite a bit. Um, I, I definitely think that my being on stage with, you know, between Brandy, Wendy, Kobe, Brittany, you have, and even, you know, you throw in Hosea with, with the game with 150 episodes. Between the five of those guys, you're probably talking about seven, 800 episodes of TV that these guys have done. You know what I mean? Uh, right. And maybe even more than that, actually, because Wendy's probably up to like 400 herself just from the show she's been on. Uh, sure. uh, same thing with Brandy. So, yeah, before, and same thing with Brandy. So, you know, you see. These these people are craftsmen, man. I, I tell people all the time, I, I think I work with some of the best actors on TV and they don't get the respect and the due that they deserve because they are craftsmen. They are so good at picking apart scripts and finding jokes and creating jokes that weren't even, you know, on the page and still honoring what the writer wrote. And they're, they're amazing at it. So I think, you know, I've definitely learned a lot from watching those guys as well. Let me ask you this now. I mean, you talked about you getting uh, uh, love advice. And, and you know, girl advice from Lauren London. Are, are you single now, man? You, you got to what's going on with Ellis's love life? Uh, I'm single, bro, but I'm fielding offers. You know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I'm I'm a free agent. No, I I, I definitely am. Uh, I'm definitely single, man. And, and I, you know, when I first started the show, I was in a relationship, and it kind of ended uh, right as the show, uh, right as my first season started airing. I think somewhere in there, and um, I I took a step back and just wanted to focus on work and just wanted to be present for my work. And so, you know, now that that's coming to an end, I think I'm ready to be out there. So you're you're fielding offers. What what are you looking for? I mean, you know, I mean, every free agent (laughs) is is looking for something. I mean, every free agent has some things that they need in order for them to be involved in that particular situation. Is is there something you're looking for? I need the franchise tag wherever I go, number one. <laughs> so you look <laughs> for a franchise one. player. You want a you know, franchise I, player. I, I, you know, I definitely, I definitely, you know, I, I want a girl who's, you know, smart and about her business and she's focused on her career and and still open to letting, you know, a man come into her life and, and create this, you know, an amazing, you know, unit. I mean, who doesn't want to mm-hmm. be – 
Barack and Michelle right now. You know what I mean? Like, you look sure. at them and they're such an amazing couple. Who doesn't want to be B and J? You know what I mean? They work, like, over a billion dollars together, and they crush it. Yeah, and they work together. Okay. You know, so so I definitely want something like that, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I mean, well, make it happen. Tall. I prefer tall. I mean, I'm 6'4", so I like a tall woman. Okay. I won't lie about that, you know? But, you know, but I, I won't be too picky, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, height. I mean, I, I'm not saying you're being picky, but height. You know, I mean, you like what you like at the end of the day, but you know, don't, don't let height stand in the way of love. I, yeah, but it's important, man. I mean, you know, six <laughs> four walking around with a five foot one woman, five foot two woman. That's a you know, that's a fourteen inch difference. <laughs> that's, you know, my wife is five, my wife is five two, but I'm only five eight, so I'm good. Well, I mean, see, that's a good look, though. That's a good look, you know. Like that's that's actually perfect. Uh, so something like five, so five ten, five eleven. Yeah, I, I like five eight and up. Five eight and up. Okay. All right. All right. But that's again, fair. I'm not discouraging. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm open. Okay. All right. So if you're if you're female out there and you're five eight and up, I mean, you, you can holler at Jay Ellis. <laughs> Jay, where can fans find out some of the great information, some of the great things going on with Jay Ellis? Uh, man, you can always hit me on my social media, J-A-Y-R-E-L-L-I-S. It's J-R Ellis. My website, jellis.com. Uh, and that's it, man. You know, I'm always on one of those, too. So fans, support this man. He did. He's doing big things with the game. He's going to be doing big things after that. Jay Ellis. Jay. Pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Can't wait to see the season finale of the game when it finally comes. <laughs> and fans, fans, make sure you check the game out each and every Wednesday, 10 o'clock Eastern time, on BET and support this man, Jay Ellis. Let's do it again, man. Absolutely, brother. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, you too, Paul. Jay Ellis, one of the stars of BET's hit series, The Game. Airs each and every Wednesday, 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time on BET, the final season of the game. Great run by everybody associated with that show. Nine years. I mean, you know, that, that's that's an impressive run, and that's a long time to be on television. That's a long time to be on uh, uh, the small screen, and that's a long time for a series. So, you know, give everybody involved in that show a lot of credit. Give JL a lot of credit. Hopefully we'll continue to see big things out of Jay Ellis moving forward. We'll see. Big things popping for Jay Ellis. Big things. Now, let's go to the NFL now. Uh, Chip Kelly, Philadelphia Eagles. Chip Kelly at it again. Uh, you know, he's he's doing it again. You know, obviously, we had the situation with LaShawn McCoy traded. Obviously, Deshaun Jackson released with his situation. Jeremy Macklin, not let go. The ultimate updates decided not to resign him. Let Todd Harriman's go, Nick Foles go. Um, let, let, let a lot of players go. And and now, Evan Mathis, you know, Pro Bowl guard, a guy who's, you know, been one of the big-time members all, of that offensive line. Now he's gone. Now he is gone. And he's off 
to free agency world, free agency land, and we'll see where he lands. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles and obviously Chip Kelly, he's going to build, a, trying to build this football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, in his image. And in building the football team in his image, he's going to do things his way. He's going to want guys who does things his way. He's going to want guys who plays his way. And the reality is he's not going to let anything get in front of that. And he's going to make moves to get the guy that he wants and and get the guys that he wants and get the team that he wants. And he's been doing it thus far this this offseason, whether it's, you know, McCoy. Let's get rid of him. Let's bring in Kiko Alonso. You know, whether it's Todd Harriman's, I mean, let's go in a different direction. Nick Foles, well, we think Sam Bradford could do it better. Let's go in a different direction. You know, and, and so on and so forth. Deshaun Jackson, he's not doing it the Chip Kelly way. Let's move on from him as well. Let's send him on his way. I mean, that's what he has done this offseason. And he's not afraid to make moves. He's not afraid to make moves. And you you, you got to commend a man who's not afraid to make moves. And, again, this could fall flat. This whole situation could fall. He could fall flat on his face. The Eagle franchise could, could take a, a step back. And it may not even work. May not work at all. And obviously there's still questions about the quarterback situation. I mean, Sam Bradford hasn't played in a long time. ACL. Who knows if Sam Bradford and how healthy he'll be this season? Who knows? And so there's still questions. And I know Evan Mathis, he, apparently, according to reports, they had a deal in place where he was going to get an extra million in the final couple of years of his deal. Wasn't necessarily happy about that. Um, he didn't want it. A year later, he decided that he did want it. And at that point, that offer had been pulled. And, and so the reality is you can say Evan Mathis brought it on himself. You can say Evan Mathis was greedy. You can say all those things. But the thing about it is this. You look at Evan Mathis and his production. You look at the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, 40% of their line now is elsewhere. 40%. Now, maybe they feel like they have guys in Gardner and Barbary that can come in and replace what Harriman's and Mathis, Mathis excuse me, brought to the table. Maybe they have it. Maybe they don't, but this was an offensive line that struggled when those guys were down, when those guys were out. And so with that being said, with that being said, you wonder if this move will, will, will turn out to, to go against Chip Kelly and the Eagles, or will this move work out for the Eagles? But it, it, it's very obviously it's it with Chip Kelly. It, it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. You know, McCoy talked about race and Chip Kelly, but it's not a black thing. It's not a white thing. It's a production thing, and it's built in your own, in my own image type of thing, meaning Chip Kelly is going to build this football team in his own image. You may not like it. You may disagree with it. 
You may think he's wrong. You may think he's a, 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 a scientist going mad. You think you may think he's lost all his marbles, and then some. But the reality is, at this point in time, we have to just wait and see. Maybe he's on to something. Maybe he's not. Maybe they can win a Super Bowl. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. And I always say this. And you know, I'm not saying Chip Kelly, Ray Rhodes. I'm not saying Chip Kelly's not going to be a better coach than Ray Rhodes. But Ray Rhodes, his first two seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles as their coach, did not have a franchise quarterback. Rodney Pete, Ty Detmer, did not have a franchise guy. Um, you know, ultimately, he got them to the playoffs back-to-back years. And in getting to the playoffs, he was able to win a playoff game. He was able to win a playoff game. And so... In his first two years, he not only won 20 games, but he also was able to win a playoff game as well. Got more power, and things kind of fell apart. Wanted to shop for his own groceries, and didn't really shop too well. And ultimately, you've seen guys like John Harris walk through the door. Tall, 6'7", too tall Jones-like, absolute bum. But, but, you know, I, I, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. And whether it works out or don't work out, it's going to be a lot of fun to see. You know, I mean, I've said this before. I've said this before. You know, the thing about some geniuses is that you don't understand them. You don't even agree with them. But for whatever reason, they are – you don't understand what, why they do what they do, but it works out. It is revolutionary. And you're like, wow, I didn't expect that. Wow, he changed the game. Wow, he's a revolutionary. Wow, he's amazing. He's special. He's a freaking genius. He's a genius. He's a genius. And, and so that might be the case for Chip Kelly. But then again, it may not. And that's going to be fun, the fun part to see whether it is truly the case when it comes to this man, Chip Kelly. You're listening to Go For It on Block Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Go For It, Donald Faison. Your Knicks have the best chance out east, though. I will say that. The Knicks have the best chance in the Eastern Conference to beat the Miami Heat. And the Knicks have had some success against the Miami Heat in the regular season, but... That doesn't mean anything in the playoffs time. When the playoffs come, it doesn't mean anything. I was trying to throw you a bone, man. I was trying to get your your hopes up. Come on, man. I'm a realist, (laughs) too, man. (laughs) Actor Robbie Jones. Well, we know that, you know, we know that you can have married women. We've seen you you have a pedigree. We see what you can do. We've seen it. I would never bring my wife around, too. I just don't know what you're capable of. Come on now. Come on now. That's all right. That's that rock. (laughs) That's called butter. All right. Sounds good. Thank you so much. You're very, very good at your job. Thank you, sir. Make it fun. You really do. (laughs) And and we're back. Go for it, blogtalkradio.com. 
we're going to bring in a guy now. Last time this guy was here, you know, he was he was looking for love, and you know, ultimately he he made a decision. And I want to take you back to that interview because I said something at the time. Maybe you know I'm a psychic. Maybe I knew something that you know others did not know. But this is what I said at the time and who he should pick. Take a listen. Looking at all the girls, I would pick Jade. I'm just that's just based off of look. Jade, yeah, Jade is fire. And at the time, he said, quote, she was fire. Ultimately, he made the decision to pick Jade. And, you know, he, he I knew something. Maybe I knew something. Maybe I did. Maybe I'm a psychic. I think I'm a psychic. I, you know, I, I'm Mr. Cleo, if you will. But anyway, let's bring him in now. One of the stars of Match Made in Heaven, the one, the only, Sean Bullard. Sean. Hey, hey what's up, brother? What's going on? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, I'm up here in uh, in New York, and uh, I had to take time, you know, to call. Right now, I'm in. I'm tucked away in the bathroom stall to make sure, you know, I can uh, I can hear hear you down there. <laughs> All right, let, let's get right down it's, to it. Uh, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't miss this for the world. Literally, <laughs> <laughs> you you chose Jade. Question is, are you guys still together? Yeah, man, I chose Jay, man. You were, um, you kind of, you maybe was a psychic. I, I promise the people out there, you know, you uh, you you knew. Uh, and you didn't, didn't even influence me. You just knew, man. It might, uh, you might have, like, a, a second career or something else, brother. But, um, yeah, I picked Jay. You know, me and her are just uh, are, are really, we dated after the show, you know, and we, you know, we decided to be really good friends and, uh, and take it from there, man. So I'm back on the market, you know. Bad so you're back so on the market. She. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you, you know, hit at least? The, <laughs> Were you able to I hit? Did. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Oh no, man. No, yeah. No, that. Hey, hey, that had to come out of the deal, right? No, that I missed. I missed that. That was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even. I don't even need to start thinking about that. I might relax and fly back to L.A. Tonight, but um, <laughs> but no, we're we're just we're just really good friends, man. I mean, how how close was this thing to to marriage? If was it even close at all? It wasn't close, man. I was just we we were just trying to get it close to being engaged, brother. Um, it was um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna say this first. It was real. It was very okay. real. Um, I will say that, and you know, because right away, um, people say, "Oh, you guys still together?" And I'm like, "No, you know, of course we just friends." And right away, they're just like, "Oh, well, you know, well, see, I know it wasn't real." And I'm like, "Listen, you know, are you married right now?" And that person probably would say yes, or they would say no. Most of the time, they would say no, and I was like, "And if you are married, you've been in a relationship that didn't work out. That didn't mean a relationship wasn't real." So you know, it was very real, but it wasn't close to marriage. It was um. More or less, you know, trying to see if the fantasy can uh, on the show can live outside of the show. To be honest with you, you know it did, and it okay. did in a lot of ways. So, um, uh, but we just didn't make it. Let me ask you this now. I mean, you made the decision to go with Jade. What, what was the reasoning behind that decision? Um, the reason behind that decision was going with Jade because uh, Jade was. Always in like my top three. You, right when you go on a show like that, I was told, and it's coming up to be 
I was told that you would know the one right from the gate. Me was like six of the ones. <laughs> so I had like a top five or six. And Jay was always in that. And then Jay was one I like Jay was one of the girls that had me chasing her the most and I loved that. Um and the one I loved the chase, like she didn't open up too much to me and she didn't fall for me so quickly. And then also she was bad, we ran track together, she had she, I love the story of her going out on her own and leaving the East Coast to fly over to L.A. to, to um, fly over to L.A. to uh, basically like start her her modeling career. That was that was perfect. So all of those things together, both of our dads graduated from cancer, and she was just okay. a cool chick, man. I mean, and I didn't even about all that. I didn't even mention how bad she is. So <laughs> it was. Um, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a, that shows the reason. We're talking to one of the stars of Match Made, talking about, talking to the star of Match Made in Heaven, Sean Bullard. So now, where do you go from here? I mean, obviously, you're on the market. Before we get to that, how long were you guys together before you broke it off? How many months, weeks, days? Um, we were together for about, I'll have to say, we did it for about like four months. We lasted okay. we lasted longer than the than the other bachelor and his girl from A, okay. you know, from A B C I will say that. Okay. All yeah. right. But yeah, it was about like four months. What happens now? Where do you where do you go from here? I mean obviously you're you're on the market. I mean you're looking. I mean what are you looking for at this point? Um, right now I'm uh I'm basically you know, the business is popping right now, my real estate business. Um, I'm actually now looking at the uh, the TV industry and doing some things. Uh, uh, people think it's going to be like a match in heaven, too. I haven't even gotten any word of that yet. I know a lot of – I've grown that game, getting a lot of fans out of this show, and they want mm-hmm. to see that. But the first one took a lot out of me because I did – It like I said, it was real, and I, was, I put like my mind and my emotion into those girls that I didn't – they was there for me, so I wanted to be there for them. But um, no, nah, man, I'm writing a book called "Intimacy is More Important Than Love." But I, you know, that I think is going to be really, really, really controversial, but at the same time, good to hear. And it basically just tells women like how love is just intimacy is just as is just as important as love. Like you can't have, you can't just love your man, and vice versa, men too. But you just can't love your man and then not lust for him neither. And if, right. or you guys can't have a lustful relationship, and I really believe that, you know, love is great and all of that, but the love of having a man take care of his family, but lust or intimacy with another woman would have him leave his family. So right. it's uh exactly so that is cool. I'm actually writing a uh, a treatment for a series called The Washer, um, the the real estate guy gets his money from, you know, like the like certain like illegal cartels and things of that sort has to get it back on time and I'm just doing a lot of this stuff right now, man, and uh you know, keeping myself keeping myself busy. You know, I know I've been doing a lot of club appearances and okay. do the B T awards and two weeks and Essence Fest and and the SBs. So, you know, I've just been keeping myself busy, bro. It's not be like you, man. <laughs> I'm trying to be like you. We're talking to one of the stars of Match Made, the star, I should say, of Match Made in Heaven, Sean Bullard. 
What are you looking for in terms of a, 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 a mate? I mean, what, what are you looking for? You know, one of the things that was, I'm, and you hearing it here first, brother, one of the things that was hard, man, like, my ex-fiance was like, a lot of women I got and I, I dated in real life was kind of like what I was looking for on the show. It wasn't fair. A lot of other girls, you know, like the total package. Like, girl that's like a dime, and also she has like a dime career, but she, at the same time, you can take her to the White House, but at the same time, you can take her back on the block with your boys. And I've okay. dated some of those women, had some of those women in my life, and that's what I'm looking for. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, women want women want the most out of us. I want the most out of them. And, uh, you know, I believe that I deserve it. I don't like rushing it. I'm a big-time supporter when I get into a relationship. You know, like when Jay came, you know, we I flew her out a couple of times. We flew back and forth. I stayed with her and took her to my salon and made sure I gave her, not saying she needed it, but I gave her the pretty woman treatment, okay. you know, and we're really good friends. I, you know, if she called me today and she might need something or whatever, I definitely would, uh, would, would you know, give it to her, extend my hand, like, you know. So uh, I'm not perfect, but I think I'm a good guy, and I want a lot of other, the women that I end up with, you know. But at the same time, man, I love I love this, this single life. I'm a, I'm a businessman, okay. so I'm always going. Now you said t- you said t- a dime. I mean, can that dime mean like okay, let's 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 go? Okay, this this girl has a a seven face, but like a thirteen career. So she gets seven on the scale yeah. out of ten, but she goes over the ten on the career. So you put it together that's twenty divided that's by two. Dime. That's, that's ten. A that's that's a dime. It's- as long as yes, as well that's you. I can end up with that. As long now, what's the that? See, listen, is she a seven in the face and a dime in the body? Is it a dime when it go when it comes to the? Sex? Let's say let's just say it's a seven overall, body, face, all together seven, but thirteen career, thirteen personality, so on and so forth. That's a good one. You got me in the corner right now because I want to <laughs> say yes. Because some sevens is bad if the if the if if the uh, especially if the sex is nice, man. And the career is a thirteen. Do we get a and and we also like vibe like like good people like you know. Yeah, man, you can get married to that. One thing I'm learning, like like in my book, intimacy is more important than love. You can have a bad chick, like she could be your dog, like whatever you whatever your thing is, Beyonce. Or whatever, but if the if the if the sexual chemistry ain't strong, it ain't it ain't going so much. You know, what I mean, like like last as long, and um, so so I in certain situations, yeah, seven and a seven overall and the and the thirteen, absolutely. Now five overall and the thirteen, nah. <laughs> well, well, that's an eighteen, two into eighteen, that's, that's a 18. nine, so. That's an exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it straight, real with you. You know what I mean? Sorry, <laughs> being. I don't know if you guys hear that, but um, yeah. But yeah, nah, absolutely, brother. I I don't think it's totally physical. I've been on both sides of the spectrum, you know. So okay. one thing though, man, these celebrity <laughs> girls, man, these these girls out here is a is a I done dated a couple of them too, and uh, okay, Claudia. They're they not all cracked up. They're not all cracked up with great social 
Claudia Jordan? Say it again. <laughs> is one of those Claudia Jordan? Oh, you know what? I'm gonna break it real. Like, I, I, I did. You, you hear in the first? I did the Claudia. Um, okay. I always denied it to this day. You know, Claudia. That's my girl, though. She's really good people, man. You know, I, I love Claudia. She's really good people. You know, but um, and her feet Claudia game. is as as <laughs> huh? Her feet is game is say? not really. Her feet, the feet, her feet she needs came. to work on that. She needs to work on it. She knows that, though. At least she, right, you right, know, right. Let's say 50% of the problem, at least know it. For sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her feet game is that, but uh, she knows. <laughs> so, fans. So she makes up for it in other ways. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, fans. Make sure you support this man. Go to his Twitter page, at Sean underscore Bullard. Also, he's got a new book coming out. Excuse me, Intimacy is More Than Love. That's Intimacy is More Than Love. So that's going to be coming out soon. So support all the great things going on with this man, Sean Bullard. Sean, it was a pleasure, Hey, man. what's up, brother? Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. And uh, you're doing amazing things as well. You know, uh, everybody look at me for uh, look out for me on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, you know, I've got some great things uh, in the in the pipeworks, man, just to to uh, to catapult me. So, I love being on the show with you, brother. We got to do it again, man. For sure. Take care. All right, same to you, buddy. All right, Sean Bullard, match made in heaven. I want to thank Jay Ellis for stopping by. Also, want to thank Sean Bullard for stopping by, and also Marlon Gill for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other shows. BlockTalkRadio.com slash PGAN, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at GoForGAN. For everybody here, go for it. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye.